Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Faith chooses the Father's way. That's what we're talking about today on Your Next Step. We're so glad to have you as part of the conversation. You are conversing with me. I'm Pastor Doug of The Church Next Door and Pastor Doyle Jackson. Pastor Doyle, you taught me that, that faith chooses the Father's way. Yeah, I think it's interesting because um, it just takes faith to live a godly life. You have to believe that it's the right way because... The ungodly life is always around you. There's so many options in our world to live apart from God. That's, I mean, that's why the Scripture says there's the broad road and there's a narrow road. But when we choose to follow God, it, it takes faith because so let's, let's talk about tithing for a second, okay? So when we tithe, you're like, man, can I really make it on 90%? Right. You know what I'm saying? When, when, when it talks about sexuality, well, I... My body certainly thought as a teenager that I couldn't live without it. Right. Uh, but my parents were correct. I could. You know, and, and, and it takes faith to believe that God's way is better, that a godly-centered life is, is better for you. And we're going to use a parable that Jesus told us. We yeah. talk about this idea. We actually have, there's two fellas in the parable, yeah. two sons, yeah. and one is living that fantasy life. His father says, go and do this, and he says, oh, I will, but he doesn't, and yet... The insinuation is he seems to think he did. Yeah, just just because I wanted to do it. And see, that's what we've lived through in our world. I had the right intention. No, it's it's faith is about what you actually do. And that's what we're going to look at today on your next step. It's a crazy world. I can't show you pictures of some of the efforts that we make and share you names. Why? For their safety. Pray for those believers because right now they're trying to be light in the midst of the harshest of circumstances. I pray that you and I will be light in the harshest of circumstances. Bill's passion for God. He came to the United States. He ended up, he had had basically no education when he got here. He got his BA, then his MA, then his PhD. He became a professor of Russian at Oral Roberts University. He traveled the globe. He planted churches. He planted Bible schools. He became, he was so impressive to me as a young, young man. I was like, this guy is serious about God. He's, he's giving it all to God. Are you going to be a Bill Bozanski to somebody? Are you going to be impressive to your neighbors? Because you're so all in for God. You're so out there. See what I'm saying? Are you going to give your life to God so everybody knows, so that they have a light to follow 
in you. Not that you are going to save anybody. No, it's Christ Jesus that is their hope that you're pointing them to. But they've got to see people that are all in. The reason the world is struggling right now is the church has been ashamed of God. It's time to stop being ashamed of what you believe in. Didn't you mature to the point that you were no longer ashamed of your parents? I hope so. Don't be ashamed of God. He's worthy. Choose a long-term perspective. Listen to Job. This week, this week we were uh, reading, reading Job as a church. If you missed it, I know you may have wanted to miss it. Like, Job, no way, no fun. Job chapter 28. I've got to get my note off of it, okay? Job, you can turn there if you want to. See it for yourself. Make a note next to it, okay? In Job chapter 28, this is what he has to say about wisdom, about God's way. It's powerful because this is what God followers have always done. God followers have always chosen this perspective. So if you choose God, if you choose your best life, you're choosing this way, okay? Job chapter 28. Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? Is it hidden from the eyes of every living, everything living, concealed even from the birds of the air? Destruction and death say only a rumor of it has reached our ears. So death and destruction say, well, we've heard about wisdom, but we're not really worried about it. That's because those that don't fear death and destruction don't really care about wisdom. Why does it say the birds of the air, can they see it? Because in the same way that you and I use Google Maps today, the ancient world understood, if I could just be a bird, I could see the big picture. See, wisdom always looks for the big picture, not the immediate result. Verse 23, God understands the way to wisdom, and he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind and measured out the waters, when he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and he appraised it. He confirmed it and he tested it. And he said to man, the fear of the Lord, that's wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. See, if you want your best life, if you want to be wise, then trust God. Believe that God is good. Believe that God will bless you and that if you follow God, he's going to give you outcomes that are good for you and good for all that are around you. This is why we choose God, because we believe that we need him and his wisdom. It's just a big picture perspective. Remember this always. When we talk about fantasy, fantasy has a short-term immediate result expectation. Well, if I go out with them, I'll have a good time. Okay, wisdom says, well, if I go out with them, I could become emotionally attached to them. And what kind of person are they before I go out with them? Are they already a God follower? Where is it they want to take me? What is it they want to do with me? They've just invited me to a horror movie and drinks. That's a no. Why? Because they don't have a godly worldview. That's not going to add value to you. Yeah, but it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun getting into a relationship that you can't get out of because you're emotionally attached. See what I'm saying? 
God invites you to a long-term perspective. God wants to bless you. Last night, Jennifer and I, we're in bed. Yes, we're married. It's okay, all right? We're in bed, and we, we got out this book by Pat Robertson. Last year, he turned 90, okay? Pat Robertson started Christian Broadcasting Network years ago. Pat Robertson was the person that introduced my father to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, okay? Speaking in tongues. It's Pat Robertson, okay? So he means something to me. So Jennifer and I have got Pat's book. He, he wrote that. They put it together in honor of him turning 90, and we're reading through it. And in, in one of the chapters we were reading, he talked about how he was at this one point in starting the first TV station, and he he needed X amount of dollars and all this. And he was like, God, if this doesn't come by this date, I'm done. I'm walking away. And God showed up with the money just in time. A friend came and just wrote him a check and said, hey, I want you to have this to help, help the ministry. And that night he said, he, he went before the Lord and he said, Father, I want to ask you to forgive me because I doubted your goodness and I will never do that again. See, what I'm inviting you today, the gift that I'm giving you today is this. If you have doubted God's goodness, repent. Say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for ever believing that you wouldn't show up with the best for me. God, forgive me for believing I could do this on my own and that I didn't need you. God, forgive me for living under a fantasy and a lie, I now choose you and I'll never do that again. That's the gift. Stop doubting God. Choose your best life. Say, God, I'm all in. God, I want to be known as your follower. God, I, I, want, to, I want to choose you every day, all day long and trust you no matter what. That is the, that is the, that is the seat of wisdom to fear God and believe that he is really in charge of this world and that he has good things for you. Yeah, but I'm going through a hard time right now. I understand that. And that's why it's so powerful that Job is the one introducing you to this. As you end Job, what, is, what does God say to Job? God says, hey, Job, big picture here, buddy. I got it all covered. I got it all covered. I'm gonna take care of you. You see, that's the imagination that you and I want to live with, is that God is good and that if I choose to follow him, if I choose to live for him, if I choose the best life, it means following God and trusting God and looking to his word and his ways. Listen to what the theologian J.R. Packer had to say about this. Not until we have become humble and teachable, Standing in awe of God's holiness and sovereignty, acknowledging our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts, and willing to have our minds turned upside down, can divine wisdom become ours. See, you've got to be willing to believe that you are not the smartest person in the room. You've got to be willing to, to say, you know, God, I, I, I trust you. What does that mean? That just means there's a shift. There's got to be a shift in your thinking. There's got to be adjustment in your thinking. Jesus talked about this. If you flip over to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 21, when you look at the context here, what's powerful about this, this is, this is what you and I would call the, 
the Palm Sunday text, the Palm Celebration text, okay? Jesus has entered Jerusalem. He goes into the temple. And then they begin to question him, by what authority are you doing this? And, and Jesus then gives them a question, you know, and they, they didn't want to answer his question. And so he says, well, listen to this parable and you decide, okay? You decide how you live, okay? Two kinds of sons by Jesus. What about you? What about you? What do you think? A man had two sons and he came to the first son and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. But he replied, I do not want to. Yet afterwards, he regretted it. He regretted it and went. And the man came to his second son and the same thing, said the same thing. He replied, I will, sir. And yet he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you that the tax collectors and the prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. Ouch. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. And you seeing this did not even have second thoughts afterwards so as to believe him. Now, let me, let me, let me bring this down to the level that you and I live in. We all know this. We all know this because we've been someone's child, okay? And we've had someone in the household say, hey, Hey, Doyle, will you take out the garbage? No, Mom, I don't want to right now. My mom did not like that answer. It was honest. Okay? And then I would say, it's okay, Mom. I'll do it. Okay? Now, the other son, the other son there, and I won't name names, Alan or Philip. okay, <laughs> said, sure, I'll do it. But then they got busy playing Xbox and they forgot about it and they didn't do it. Now, the reason that's important is everyone within my voice right now, you sitting with me and you online right now, you've had those moments. You've been either the first or the second son, and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You know it in your heart. See what I'm saying? And Jesus calls them out and he says, listen, to say that you follow God is not the same as following God. It's one thing to say, you know, I'm not really comfortable with God and what he's inviting me to, but then show up and live out a godly life to trust in Jesus. It's, it's one thing to be a person of words. It's another thing to be a person of action. Faith chooses the Father's way, and it does something about it. And Jesus was saying that, that, that he didn't come for, for people that were healthy, he came for people that were sick. He came for people like you and I. The reason that we showed up today, the reason that we showed up online and in person was because we said, you know what? I'm pretty messed up and I can't fix myself and I'm here because I need help from God. I gotta change my thinking. I've gotta shift. And see, that's the shift. It's, it's a shift from believing in, in your own self and, and see, the fantasy is that you could fix yourself, that you just need a little bit of self-help. No, you need a whole lot of God help. You need a, a Messiah that would die on a cross, be buried and rise again. You need someone that would love you enough to step out and take your hand and say, do this with me. And there's people in your life that need you to step out, hold out your hand and say, I'm going to do this with you. 
That's what it means to be a Christ follower, to be a part of the church in the world in which we live today, to keep pointing people to Christ Jesus. Are you willing to be seen for the kingdom of God? Are you willing to identify with the kingdom of God? It's one thing to say that you're willing to be identified with God, but it's another thing to be identified with God. That's what Jesus is saying. And the people of Jesus' day, the religious people, they wanted to, they wanted to live a life where everybody thought they were godly. I was listening to Michael Jr. I don't know if you know Michael Jr. He's a comedian. He is hilarious. He's a Christian comedian, okay? And he said, he said did, do, you know, do you know about the good room? He said, you know, in, in your house, maybe it's your grandma's house, your aunt's house, she had the good room and you're never allowed to go in there. You know, it was the nice place that no one's allowed to be in the good room. And he said, you know, I would just peer in at the good room, never allowed in there. And he said, I know a lot of Christians, okay? Jesus is standing outside the house. He's knocking on the door, and he wants to come in. And, and they, don't, they know they've got the good room, but they know the rest of the house is a mess. And, and, and they don't want to let him in. Now, they like the good room because everybody looks in from the front of the house and the house looks good. But they don't ever want to let anybody in. And he said, if you will let Jesus in, he's got a mop and a bucket and a towel. And if he comes in, he'll help you clean up the whole house. But as long as you've got the good room mentality, you're relying on yourself to clean up your house and to get things right. You have to repent of that thinking. That was the, that's the pharisaical thinking. That's the religious thinking of many people still to this day. I've got to fix myself. No, bring the problems to Jesus. He is the expert handyman on the spiritual and physical level of your life. Jesus is the forgiver of sins. Jesus is the healer of broken hearts and souls. Jesus is the best life. Choose Jesus. See? In, in Hebrews chapter 11, it explains how faith works out, how when you, you walk in faith, and it says this, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, because of Christ Jesus and the cross, there were ancient people who believed that one day the Messiah would come. So by faith, they believed before Jesus ever came that he would come. And they walk that out, and it goes through a list. It talks about Moses and Abraham. It talks about all the people of God who believe that God would show up. And, but the reason I'm telling you is this. You've got to unpack your faith and live it out. And this is the real question. How do I walk by faith? What does faith in action look like? What would it look like for me to be a visible Christian? Listen to 2 Corinthians, okay? Paul's talking about how our life in the body is, is temporary, okay? Therefore, we are always confident to know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. So what Paul says, as long as you and I live in the flesh, in the human body, until Christ returns, we still feel this disconnect from Jesus, okay? 
It doesn't mean that we don't have him in our hearts. He's talking to believers. He's just saying we have this longing to be with him again. And that's because we live in a sin-filled world. And he's saying, how do we walk this out? And Paul's explaining, this is why when you read the New Testament church, it's always talking about the disconnect. It's always encouraging you, don't believe the lie of the world. Last week, Pastor Doug taught. (laughs) Can I tell you this? I thought it was funny. He had to do the sex talk. No one wants to talk about sex in church. And I just got released, and he said, yes, he would do it. So thank, pa- thank Pastor Doug. Give him a hand. All right. Thank you, Doug. I thought it was funny. All right. The reason we go to the Word of God is it teaches us how to walk by faith. So when you go to the Word of God, what does the Word of God say? The Word of God says something like this. It says, honor your father and mother, and long will be your life. So by faith, then, That means I have to honor my father and mother. Yep. Well, how do I walk that out? Well, that can be simple as a phone call. Yeah, but you don't know how how bad my dad was. You don't know how bad my mom was. You don't know what I grew up under. I don't. That's true. But God used them to bring you into this world. And you can at least thank them for that you may still have to show up and honor them in some way. See, what God invites you to in marriage, okay? The world, the world tells you it doesn't matter who you marry. But God says, no, only marry someone who, who, who loves God. Let me tell you, I've been married 30 years. My parents have been married over 60 years. Jennifer's parents have been married over 50 years now. And, and this is what I know. Everybody that I know that is married says this, the only way a marriage can work is with God's help. All right? If you believe that you can do marriage without God, you're crazy. So if you believe that God can put the stars in the sky and take care of that, and you love God completely, and you find someone else who loves God completely, then you have a hope in marriage. But this imagination that you can just pick out somebody, well, I'll convert them. Yeah, have fun with that. I can introduce you to 12 people that will tell you that didn't work out the way they had hoped it would. See, God has principles. God says, don't put any other gods before me. Well, what does that mean? I don't, I, don't, I don't keep statues or things like that in my house. I know people who worship their car. I mean, like their car is their happy place. I see you people. I go to the mall and you're sitting in your car and I'm like getting out to go into the mall. I'm like, why'd you come to the mall to sit in your car? It's because it's my happy place. Listen, let Jesus be your happy place and your life will be fruitful. That's what it means to walk with God. And what I'm telling you is don't lose your heart of hope. Trust in God. Trust that when I obey his ways, when I follow his word, when I, when I do the principles that he lines out for me, if you have someone you've been angry at, forgive them. That's God's best way for your life. The principles of God will always leave you, lead you to the best life that God has for you. And if you will believe me on that, If you will receive that, it will change the trajectory of your life. Believe that God has your best interests at heart. Amen? This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. 
Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God. We go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. As we take some time today to pray, let's pray for our police and firefighters. Lord, we just lift up to you today our our police officers and our firefighters, our, our first responders, God. We think of Psalm 91, where it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. God, we're praying for them that as they they face the front lines today, that they'll also have a rest when they go home a shelter from you. Lord, that that you will surround them, Lord, with, with your wings and you'll protect them today. Lord, they need your they need your wisdom as they interact with people. They need they need spiritual insight. Give them discernment. When it's a medical professional helping somebody, Lord, help them to know exactly how to help the person. When when it's a a police officer showing up at the scene, help them to to hear what's really going on in in the person's life so that they can bring peace. I pray for the the police officers and firefighters and that are that are Christians, Lord, help them to be strong and tall and give them spiritual discernment, Lord, give them wisdom. And Lord, we know that you have angels. You have angels that can be dispatched and we're asking for angels to be dispatched throughout the the, the city, throughout our community, throughout our land, God. We're praying for situations to be diffused. We're praying that that they would find out trouble before it happens, Lord, so they could help the person, Lord. May, may no evil or harm come to the communities. May they stop initiatives that would bring fear, terror, and murder, Lord. May they have insight to stop the harm and the pain. May they be rescuers of people today. Bless them for saying yes to that calling in Jesus' name. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address, and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address, and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. Your Next Step is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. 
For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.